absolutely, we stand with um, the Lebanese government in this one case in which they finally implemented Lebanese law and, and to make it very clear that no movie of Gal Gadot would be welcome in Lebanon. The Electronic Intifada. The Electronic Intifada. The Electronic Intifada. This is the Electronic Intifada podcast. Oakland, I'm Nora Barrows-Friedman. You're listening to the Electronic Intifada podcast. We turn now to Lebanon for a conversation about the intersection between Hollywood and the normalizing of Israel, focusing on the brand new summer blockbuster, Wonder Woman. The lead role of the film is played by Gal Gadot, who was a soldier in the Israeli army during the bombings of both Gaza and Lebanon in 2006. The bombing of Lebanon in particular killed 1,200 civilians, a third of them children, during the 34-day invasion and attacks. Human Rights Watch reported that as many as 4.6 million cluster bomblets were dropped over Lebanon by Israeli warplanes. Following significant pressure by Lebanese civil society, and especially the campaign to boycott supporters of Israel in Lebanon, the Lebanese government issued a ban against the Wonder Woman movie just before the film was scheduled to premiere inside the country. Joining us to talk about the boycott campaign against the Wonder Woman in Lebanon is Rania Masri. Rania is an activist, professor, and a writer, and was heavily involved in the campaign. She joins us from Beirut. Rania, thank you so much for being with us on the Electronic Intifada podcast. You're welcome. It's my pleasure to be with you. So let's talk about how this campaign came about uh, and the significance of the Lebanese government issuing a boycott of the film. It's attracted widespread press coverage, especially here in the U.S., which, as you can imagine, focused on uh, the, the actor's religion rather than her participation as a soldier in an army that practices extreme human rights abuses and war crimes, uh, you know, including her actual participation in the army in 2006. Bring us up to speed here. What, what was this campaign about and what's, this, what's the significance of the Lebanese government um, banning or boycotting the film? Well, first, let's take a step back and, and realize that in Lebanon, we do have a boycott law, and it passed in 1955. It's called the 1955 Lebanon Boycott Law, and it specifically prohibits financial transactions between Lebanese or any institution in Lebanon and any Israeli or any Israeli institution. So it's, it's a very clear law that we're also using in, in other circumstances. But when it comes down to this movie, we did exactly what we did last year when there was the Superman, Batman, Hollywood, you know, movie in which she also um, participated in as an actress. And so we did this year what we did last year, which is to send an official statement to the boycott office, which is uh, the boycott office works within the Lebanese government and also advises on other issues. And we sent them an official statement stating how this film has the participation of this Israeli actress. And so the boycott office did this year exactly what they did last year, where they sent an official recommendation to the Ministry of Trade and Economics and Ministry of Trade and Economy, I'm sorry, advising them to stop the movie from being shown. Now, last year, it went that far, and then the Ministry of, of the Minister of, of Economy in Lebanon also submitted a recommendation to the League of Arab States to stop all Gal Gadot movies throughout the Arab region. And he also submitted a recommendation to our General Security Office to have the General Security Office ban the movie. But last year, we weren't as quick with notifying the government as we were this year, and perhaps because there wasn't as much local attention, local media attention, uh, this year as there was last year. So last year, nothing happened with regards to banning the film. 
Uh, this year, when it got to the boycott office that uh, submitted the recommendation to the Ministry of Economy, that then submitted the recommendation to the General Security Office, the General Security Office took upon that recommendation and then advised the Ministry of Interior to, to boycott the film. All of this in accordance with Lebanese law. So then this is what happened. So it took us a period of three days um, during which we had not only submitted the statement, but had also worked with um, you know, numerous elements of the Lebanese media, um, from television to press to social media and the like. So it, it, the, the movie had gotten a lot of coverage in Lebanon, and I have to say, all institutional coverage in Lebanon, in the sense that Jarit al-Akhbar, al-Akhbar newspaper, MTV TV station, and uh, LBC TV station, uh, strongly supported the implementation of Lebanese law and the banning of the film. So thereupon, the film was banned. Rania, um, you recently spoke with the Associated Press trying to underscore the difference between censorship and boycott. You responded that this is not an act of censorship, but instead resistance to normalization. Um, can you flesh that out a little bit more? How is Gal Gadot's appearance in a movie like Wonder Woman an act of normalizing Israel or normalizing Zionism for that matter? Well, let, let's turn it around. Let's pretend we are living in France under the Nazi occupation and there were going to be a film shown throughout the French cinemas that would have had um, a Nazi officer, you know, former or current, it makes no difference, participating in any movie and thereby showing herself or himself to be this great person. What would have been the response of, of the French society and of the French government? And would we have called it censorship had that movie been banned? Or if I'm going to say, if there were to be a movie in which you would have leaders of, of numerous other apartheid occupying states, be it political apartheid in South Africa, the Nazi government and so on and so forth, would we have called the banning of that movie censorship or would we have called it a legitimate part of resistance against normalizing with an apartheid settler state that continues to this day to occupy not only all of Palestinian territory, and we consider all of Palestine to be occupied, but also Syrian territory in the Golan Heights, Lebanon territories in the Sheba farms. Not only does it continue to occupy, it continues to kill people every single day, predominantly in Palestine, and it continues to threaten the entire Lebanese population with another war. Would you have called the banning of that movie censorship or a legitimate act of resistance? Here in our context, it is a legitimate act of resistance, a re legitimate act of anti-normalization, and furthermore, an implementation of Lebanese law. To have it being shown in the New York Times, the US News and World Report, and most almost every single English language newspaper article that I have read, where there have been more than 40 or 50 articles that have talked about our ban, to have them equated with anti-homosexual laws that we have in Lebanon is absurd. It is absurd. To have Lebanon being painted as having an Israeli-centric perspective is absurd. But I have to say, it is exactly what we'd expect from a press that continues to paint the occupier as the victim and the people that are being occupied as the terrorists. So the English media press is simply fulfilling its objective of turning the world upside down in their coverage. That's the voice of Rania Masri. She's an activist uh, and educator in Beirut. Rania, uh, can you talk about the nuances here in terms of how the, especially the English language press has um, kind of blanketed this campaign as part of the um, global 
Palestinian uh, boycott, divestment and sanctions or BDS campaign and why that's not accurate here. Well, the campaign to boycott supporters of Israel and Lebanon was organized before uh, the boycott, divestment and sanctions movement um, erupted more than 10 years ago. We work closely with BDS. We have a great deal of respect with, you know, to Omar Barghouti and to others um, throughout this very large, very legitimate uh, worldwide movement to, to have Israel, um, you know, to impose uh, boycott sanctions and divestment on, on the Israeli state. However, we in Lebanon have a different circumstance. So our campaign is not a chapter of BDS in contrast to what has been often talked about us. We are not a chapter of BDS. We work alongside BDS in numerous circumstances. However, our context is different. We still live in a country that is under occupation. We still live in a country that is at war because of the continuous aggressive Israeli behavior. And we still live in a country in which Israel legally remains and shall remain an enemy state so long as it continues to occupy Palestinian land and continues to deny Palestinians their legitimate right of return. So our circumstances in Lebanon are vastly different than the circumstances in the United States or in France, or one would even argue, you know, um, in most other parts of the world. So within our context, we not only work towards a boycott movement of all Israeli products, but we also work for, towards a boycott movement of uh, products that support the state of Israel, as well as we are in alignment with BDS in supporting a culture on academic and athletic boycott fully. But we have another line, which was we, we support anti-normalization. We refuse to normalize in any way, shape or form, not only with Israeli institutions, but also with Israeli individuals. And this is our special circumstance here in Lebanon, a circumstance, by the way, that used to apply throughout the Arab region before the farce and what we call in Arabic the surrender of the Oslo Accords, which we consider to be the third catastrophe that has befallen our people in Palestine. Finally, Rania, let's talk about... Um Lebanon right now, uh, 11 years after bombing attacks by Israel, especially in the south. Uh, you mentioned the ongoing occupation of Shaba Farms. Um, can you talk about how these ongoing attacks, but especially the, the 2006 attacks, still reverberate in Lebanon and what the symbolism of an actor like Gal Gadot uh, really means? You know, but to, to put this in context, um, Israel has not committed um, an aggressive military action against Lebanon since 2006. That's a very long time for the Zionist entity not to have committed aggressive actions against Lebanon. If we consider that since 48, since 1948, since their opposition on our land in Palestine, they have quite regularly had bombing campaigns against Lebanon, had um, you know infractions into our land quite regularly. The situation changed after 2006 because they received a military defeat in 2006. And so for many of us in this country, we actually feel stronger now with the presence of Hezbollah and the Lebanese National Resistance Movement than we have ever done. However, at the same time, the, the Zionist state continues on a regular basis to issue threats against the entire Lebanese population, where they, I mean, they said this in 2006, that they, they passed something called the Dahi Doctrine. And I encourage your listeners to go look up what the Dahi Doctrine actually is. But very recently, particularly throughout this past year, the Israeli state has declared that all of Lebanon would be considered safe game for them, that they would consider all of Lebanon fair game for them in their next war against our country, and therefore would consider every civilian, 
every fighter, every individual, every bridge, every hospital, every school to be a legitimate attack for them. Imagine if you had such declarations of war being issued regularly against the United States, what response you would have considered to be legitimate from the United States. Um, so we, that is the situation that we face in Lebanon from that perspective. But I also need to add that for many of us in Lebanon, the crimes that continue against the Palestinian people are crimes against us as Lebanese. Because we also remember that it wasn't a very long time ago that Lebanon and Palestine and Syria were considered one. It wasn't a very long time ago before Sykes-Picot that our, our countries were designed and fashioned into this, into this way. I mean, I continue to remind people that when my grandfather moved to Virginia back in 1910, in his immigration papers when he applied for citizenship to the United States, it stated that he was from Syria. And my grandfather comes from what is currently central Lebanon. So this whole concept that we have to only think about Lebanon and Palestinians have to only think about Palestine and Syrians have to only think about Syria is, a, is an extremely new aspect to our history and is a direct consequence of having been occupied and continue to be occupied and having been divided. So I always have to put that into consideration when, when we talk about our struggle because the crimes that continue throughout the, the Palestinian lands from Yaffa and Haifa to Gaza to Ramallah are crimes against all of us as Lebanese. Given that context, to have uh, someone who not only is an Israeli and is a proud Zionist, who is very much a believer in apartheid and in settler state occupation, who not only officially represents Israel having been voted as Miss Israel, therefore is accepting the whitewashing of Israeli crimes by culturally representing that state, but also somebody who has served two years in the Israeli occupation army during the same period that Israel committed its massacres against Lebanese in 2006. And then to have that same person later on justify and support Israeli massacres against Palestinians in Gaza, to have that woman being paraded in our movie theaters in Lebanon would be an affront to our laws and an affront to our history and an affront to all those who have died and sacrificed of this country. So absolutely, we stand with um, the Lebanese government in this one case in which they finally implemented Lebanese law and, and to make it very clear that no movie of Gal Gadot would be welcome in Lebanon. Rania Masri, you are a, an activist, writer, and professor in Beirut. You're with the Campaign to Boycott Supporters of Israel in Lebanon. Rania, thank you so much for being with us in the Electronic Intifada podcast. You're very welcome. Thank you, Nora. And that's it for the Electronic Intifada podcast. For news, information, cultural features and reviews, and pointed opinion and analysis, visit us online at electronicintifada.net, where you can also post comments and sign up for our daily email digest. Follow us on Twitter at Intifada. Radio stations are free to use this podcast, and if you're listening on iTunes, support the Electronic Intifada podcast by rating it and leaving a review. On behalf of all of us at the Electronic Intifada, Thank you for listening.